Hello, I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Quinquagesima Sunday is the third in a series of three podcast homilies for Jessima season. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series, Jessima, the Pre-Lenten Season, presented in two episodes, each linked from the digital library page with the MP3 podcast version linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The Jessima Season series offers a brief, brief history of the season, including the origin and meaning of the names, Anglican traditions of the season, including the seasonal color, and commentary on the readings for the three Sundays in the season from the 1928 book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Quinquagesima Sunday are discussed in Episode 2. Quinquagesima Sunday is the seventh Sunday and 49th day before Easter, not the 50 days before Easter the name implies. I discuss the error in the name in the podcast homily for Septuagesima Sunday. In England, Quinquagesima Sunday is also known as Shrove Sunday. It is the first of the three final days before the start of Lent on Ash Wednesday. Shrove refers to the concept of being shriven, that is, shed of something. In the religious context, it means fasting, repentance, and confession to make us ready for Ash Wednesday. In America, only Shrove Tuesday is observed. Shrove Tuesday is also the official end of Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Across the Old Testament lesson and the Epistle and Gospel readings for Quinquagesima Sunday, the common theme is the virtue of love. In the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, the lectionary's first lesson for morning prayer on this day from Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, in which we are told in the final verse of the need to love strangers, because Israel was a stranger in Egypt, and also of the need to love, quote, the Lord your God, and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgment, and his commandments. The epistle reading for Quinquagesima Sunday, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13, is St. Paul's explanation of the superiority of love or charity in the King James and prayer book versions over other gifts, including prophecy and tongues. Unlike these other gifts, he wrote in verse 8, 8, love never fails. In verse 13, he identified three gifts that are superior to all others faith, hope, and love, and concluded in what is one of the most famous quotations attributed to St. Paul, but the greatest of these is love, here using the Greek word agape. The meaning of love is also discussed in the podcast homilies for Third Sunday in Advent, Fourth Sunday in Advent, and Christmas Day. In the early 19th century, John Bowring wrote this idea into a hymn, God is Love, His Mercy Brightens, which is hymn number 776 in the St. Chrysostom hymnal set to the tune Stuttgart. Each of the hymn's four verses end with God is Wisdom, 
God is love. The Gospel reading for Quinquagesima Sunday, Luke 18, verses 31 to 43, includes Jesus' prophecy of his death, crucifixion, and resurrection, followed by the healing of the blind Bartimaeus on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. The time is the days just before the triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The location is the west side of the River Jordan in the region of Jericho, near where the Israelites had first entered the Promised Land under the leadership of Joshua. In Luke's two-part narrative, Jesus first takes the twelve aside and tells them in verses 31b to 33 his third prophecy of his own trial, punishment, suffering, death, and resurrection. All things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Luke tells us in verse 34, which is not part of the reading in the prayer book or pericope, that they did not understand because the meaning was hidden from them. The meaning was beyond their comprehension at that time. Christian interpretation in the years since, based on John 20, verse 8, is that even the twelve understood only after his resurrection. The reference to things that are written by the prophet is to the suffering servant prophecy in Isaiah 52, verse 13 to, verse, to 53, verse 12, which in itself is a continuation of the servant of the Lord prophecy from Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 9. The reading is Isaiah 53, 3 to 12. He is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he has put him to grief, when you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. 
By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. In addition to the prophecies of Isaiah, there are several prophetic verses from Psalm 22, which are also considered prophetic of events in the crucifixion of Christ. In verse 2, O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest me not. From verse 7, All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their lips and shake their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him if he will have him. And in verses 17 to 18, They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell of all my bones. They stand staring and looking upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. In the second half of the pericope, the traveling party has come closer to Jericho, and Jesus encounters the blind beggar. He is not named in St. Luke's account, but as identified as Bartimaeus in Mark 10, verse 46. Even though the man was blind, in other words, he did not have eyes to see, as Jesus said in the Gospel reading for Sexagesima Sunday, he and only he recognized Jesus of Nazareth as son of David. When others protested that he had the nerve to speak, he cried out in verse 39, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus commanded others to be still and bid the blind man to come to him, asking in verse 41, What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus asked for his sight. Jesus replied in verse 42, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Out of all the people living in the Holy Land at the time, the Jews with their Pharisees and Sadducees and priests and elaborate ritual practices, only this blind man who could not literally see Jesus, again, who did not have eyes to see, understood that Jesus was the Son of God. He believed, he had faith, that Jesus possessed the power to heal him. The final verse in the pericope, verse 43, is offered with St. Luke's continued emphasis upon the presence of the divine and of the immediacy and universality of the gospel message. And immediately he, meaning Bartimaeus, received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily are available on our website. The seasonal videos I refer to and Christian education videos are linked on the digital library page, Bible study videos on the Bible study page, podcast versions of all three on the podcast archive page, book references to AIC Public or AIC Bookstore publications. You can find out more about any of those books using the virtual bookstore link 
at the bottom of the home page. First, the ser video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas. The episode for first day of Christmas, December 25th through January 5th, the twelfth day of Christmas. These offer a theological theme word or phrase for each day. The key word for first day of Christmas is love. Lives of the Saints. From the first series, episode 5 is focused on St. Paul, episode 14 on St. Matthew, and episode 15 on St. Luke. From the series, The Great O Antiphons, for the final seven days of Advent, see O Adonai, or Lord, in episode 2 for December 19th, and O Clavis David, or Key of David, in episode 4 for December 21st. The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament, a bookstore publication, <clears throat> in part 2, chapter 1, pages 13 to 20, you'll find more about Isaiah with many illustrations from the 11th through the 19th century, and the text box Isaiah in Christian Liturgy on page 13. From the prayer book Psalter, you'll find discussion of Psalm 22, which was discussed in the commentary for Quinquagesima Sunday. And finally, in the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, there's a selection of hymns to the Father in hymns number 775 to 794, of which the previously mentioned God is love, his mercy brightens, is hymn 776. My closing prayers are our confession by the blessed Lancelot Andrews, written in England at the beginning of the 17th century, followed by the collect for Quinquagesima Sunday, using the prayer book text in which the Greek word agape is translated as charity instead of love. The collect was composed by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer, based upon 1 Corinthians 13.11. I, coming to God, believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I know that my Redeemer liveth, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he is indeed the Savior of the world, that he came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. I believe that through the grace of Jesus Christ I shall be saved even as our fathers. I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. My heart shall rejoice in him because I have trusted in his holy name, in the name of the Father, of the Savior, Mediator, Intercessor, Redeemer, of the Twofold Comforter, the Lamb and the Dove. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon me, according as I hope in thee. Amen. O Lord, who has taught us that all our doings without charity are nothing worth, send us thy Holy Ghost and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of charity, the very bond of peace, and of all virtues without which whosoever liveth is counted dead before thee. Grant this for thine only Son, Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. This is the final podcast homily for Jessima season. Please join us for the podcast homilies for each of the seasons on the Anglican Church calendar. Podcast homilies are shown on the in the church calendar order and are listed on the podcast homilies page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.
Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.